I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so tired. It's okay. You are listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject. I'm going to make sure that, pa- that pause gets longer and longer. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> with every, with our every our whole episode will be just that pause ending with subject. Yeah, and it'll. Then, <laughs> and then play music. <laughs> and that'll be it. Yeah. Oh, man. We've got a little bit of a bummer episode, but it is my birthday yes. today. Happy birthday. The day that we're recording. So I have some champagne. So that we can celebrate, and we're also celebrating our launch date, because our launch date is going to be this coming Monday. To you guys, it is already Monday, but to us, it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> the Friday before. <laughs> and we have been working on this for, like, over a month now. We have. We've been working really hard. This has been a year in the making. Yeah. And we're super, super excited to bring this to you guys, so please, like, write in with Things that you like, things that you don't like, um, what you want to see more things of. <laughs> I don't, don't know if things that you don't like yeah. is what I want to see. Yeah. Here, just don't, don't be super harsh. Please. Well, don't be harsh at all. Please. We're just learning. And we're trying. learning. Of course, send us some corrections. I'm sure there are some things that we've gotten wrong. I'm yeah. really scared. Are you scared to pop that? Or? Yeah, I'm really scared to pop this. Oh, does it feel like really tight? I just don't want to get cut. I don't see. I don't know anything about okay, that. So. I'm gonna grab a towel. Okay. <laughs> oh god. Oh my god. Put it away from your face. It's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really in there. I'm so scared. I know. It's like too. those cans of rolls and biscuits <laughs> yeah. from Pillsbury. I'm so scared because one time it popped open and cut my finger open. So Aww. I'm so scared every time I open one of those. Oh. Ooh. Nice. Pop. Nice. <laughs> that was a good one. It was. That's why it was so. Oh, it's ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> the cork is. <laughs> Ooh, it smells really good. Ooh. Okay. Supposed to be really fruity, right? Sweet and fruity is what it said. Ooh, that's gorgeous. Oh, it's so pretty, you guys. I haven't had champagne in forever. First time I had champagne, I was not of age. And it was a new year, and I only had, like, a sip, but it was really good. Cheers! Across the room, because we can't reach each other, but clink! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's good, champagne. That is really good. I'm really surprised about how much I like that. I'm glad you like it, because I was really worried. Yeah, that's smoother. Because we, we do not have the same taste in wine, yeah. so. That is smooth. smoother than that's, most wine. Honestly, it's not actual champagne. It's sparkling wine, but it is the that's the best sparkling wine I've ever had. That is amazing. And it was dirt cheap. How much? Yeah. I think it clocked in at about, I mean, it's in my price range, 13 Oh, that's 12 maybe 10 I don't know. That's about how much I pay for a big bottle of Barefoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. 
It's I'm not a, nearly as fizzy as most of them are. It like tickles my nose. Mm-hmm. I'm a Moscato fan. Uh, Carrie is a Chardonnay. Fan. I am a Chardonnay drinker. Mm-hmm. As soon as we kick this bottle, I'm switching. <laughs> like <laughs> we're gonna finish this bottle <laughs> because it's my B day. <laughs> and then, and I'm so sorry about my voice, you guys. I know I have really bad vocal fry today, so uh, please don't hate. In the comments or <laughs> anywhere, please don't hate on me. I've been training a new person at work, so I've been talking a lot more than I'm used to. Usually I just kind of sit quietly at my desk and then occasionally talk to my coworkers, but lately it's been a constant stream of dialogue because I'm training somebody new. So my voice is really tired, and, you know, the heat in my house is gas, so it's dry, and I'm just really sorry. So <laughs> just to preempt any of the hating. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Carrie has been working so hard, you guys. Give her a lot of love. She has been working herself to death editing these, and I am just so thankful for her doing that and putting as much work as she has done into it. Because I could not. I am... I'm fucking incompetent when it comes to <laughs> any of this so i'm very impressed well thanks yeah you're very welcome i've started to finally get like all the uh, command keys down and stuff like that so it's been a little easier i definitely need to get a mouse though that's number one on the list tomorrow <laughs> i well, gotta get a new these. mouse yeah i need to get me something what is happening pause cutting all this <laughs> nonsense out Pee break. <laughs> Pee break. I'm gonna sip all of my champagne and it's gonna be gone before she even gets back. It's so good. It's the best champagne I've ever had, even though it's not really champagne, cause it's not from Champagne, France. I'm sure it was made in California. Where all the good wine comes from. <laughs> I made a song. It's I called. It was a beautiful song. It's called Kay's taking a pee break. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually might leave it in. <laughs> okay. So today. Okay. All right. So today, let's get started. Um. All right. So today, we are going to be talking about. It's been a heavy couple episodes, but today we are going to talk about. Uh, women abusing men verbally. Yeah, we're going to be talking about verbal abuse. So that's my, I, I actually just kind of focused on verbal abuse as a whole, and then Kay is going to tell us a story. So um, this was a pretty rough episode for me to research, um, mainly because I discovered um, how detrimental verbal abuse actually is. Um, it's actually physically measurable in our brains, which is really interesting. Um and what do you mean by that, exactly? Like, they've done brain scans and seen the differences in people who have been verbally abused as opposed to any other types of abuse, and it shows up, like, it's actually measurable in the gray matter of their brain. It actually reroutes passages in your brain. Um, that doesn't surprise me yeah, it's, at all. It's, in, it's actually the worst form of abuse because it's the hardest to actually recover from. Even harder than sexual abuse. Which is terrifying because it's 100% the one that nobody talks about. Yeah. It's the one that nobody gives any credit to. Um, It's something that my mom and I have both struggled with our entire lives. It's something that, I mean, I've struggled. And what's scary is that we all do it to each other without realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, some of us do it on purpose. But um, 
a lot of us do it unconsciously and we don't know. And I mean, I grew up kind of around, I, I mean, I grew up around that. I mean, my family dynamic wasn't perfect. I grew up around someone with a tone of voice that was abusive and just a lot of circumstances that way that, um, like rooted itself in my brain and when you when you're a kid you absorb voice you know what i'm saying that's how we avoid that's how we absorb language and things like that and you you mimic the behavior of your parents and so i mean i never even knew that i had a horrible tone in my voice all the time and it sounds like i sounded hateful all the time and i didn't Mm -hmm. know and so i just i mean when i figured it out and was able to then train myself to to not sound like an asshole all the time then um it made me really sensitive to hearing it in others you know, and it's just... Well, of course, you're not going to know that if you've been brought up around it and no one tells right, you. Right, I literally couldn't hear it. Yeah. It's like when people say I say you have an accent or something. Mm-hmm. Like if people say, oh, you're from Kentucky. Oh, I can hear a twang in every ki- every certain word that you say. And I mean, I don't hear it. I think I sound like someone for... I don't know. Like, I hear it more now because I'm a little more attuned. Like I said, I, I pay attention now. Yeah. I'm more in tuned with it. Like, I can hear the difference between listening to a podcast where two people are from California versus two people from Minnesota versus two people from Ohio. It sounds different. Yeah. Or Ohio, Virginia. Like, it just, it, it sounds, I can hear it now. But before, I would, like, in, when I was in high school and college and stuff, I would have said, oh, no, we all sound pretty similar pretty similar yeah. it's just those real southern people or the sharp new yorkers or the boston accents you know it's just we yeah. all can be really um kind of blind to ourselves sometimes but um i also want to say this before i get started that um everyone has done this um intent has a lot to do with it and um i got really upset last night because i was like oh my god like i abused like i've abused my husband in the past and i've abused exes and things because of with my voice without even knowing that that was abuse because we're not told and we're not taught how to communicate effectively Mm -hmm. and then I got to the end it was the end before I realized and found that someone's only an abuser if they refuse to change if you bring this issue to a person and they say you know what yeah you're right I mean it might not be immediately because like I said they might not hear it and they might be in denial for a little while but if you're persistent and you talk and you discuss it like adults and they make a decision to to change because they didn't realize it or whatever then they're not an abuser. Yeah. Okay. So those of us who change and consciously try to not do this we we are not abusers though we may occasionally and on accidentally abuse people. It's you see, like yeah. you use these these awful taxes. It, uh, thing. I just I don't want anyone to think that I'm personally attacking anybody. Yeah. <laughs> because and I mean, everybody really, fucks up. Yeah, I so. just I was really upset at the end of last night. So I'm gonna try. <laughs> We're gonna get through this together, you guys. I'm gonna down this wine. Ah, oh, that's good. Do you care to? Yeah, I can refill me, and I'm gonna get started. So. So we're going to start with a, let's start with a definition, okay? So, um, let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) A very good place to start. Anyway, okay. So verbal abuse, or in parentheses verbal attack or verbal assault, is when a person forcefully criticizes, insults, or denounces someone else. Um, It's characterized by underlying anger and hostility. It is a destructive form of communication intended to harm the self-concept of the other person and produce negative emotions. Um, and that 
I just want to say this real quick. I just want to interject this real fast. We're going to have a, we may or may not have an episode like about marriage or whatever, but um, people are always talking about arguments as like, oh, did you win? Like someone today at work said that, like, how many arguments with your wife do you win? And that's not what it it's just, about. Well, yeah, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I've been through so much. Um, like we we've done so much research and we've been to seminars and like we've we've learned how to communicate effectively. We're not perfect by any means. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to think I'm being preachy, but like it's not about winning because when it's about winning, you hurt the you hurt the other person and your intent becomes to get your way no matter the consequences. And so it's about coming to a conclusion together. Just FYI. Um, because we're all going to see these traits in each other, just to let you know. And if you don't, there's no need to tell me that I'm wrong. You're a champion of life if you are none of these things. <laughs> but I would caution you to think that maybe if you don't see any of these concepts in yourself, that maybe just make sure. Ask some people around you. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people don't, people who are negative, pe- people who are abusers or are narcissistic tend to not see it see it and see any flaws in themselves they always put the blame on other people so i just not i might 100 percent cut that out but um just i don't know let's just all be vulnerable together let's hold hands (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna get through this so um verbal abuse is a maladaptive mechanism for that anyone anyone can display occasionally such as during times of high stress or physical discomfort For some people, though, it is a pattern of behaviors used intentionally to control or manipulate others or to get revenge. That's what I'm talking about. People who are using it to be in control of their partner or to manipulate their partner slash friends slash family members or because the the other party has done something that the abuser views as wrong against them intentionally and they use it for revenge. So, um... I'll give you some numbers, because numbers are easy. Um, More than 3 million incidents of domestic violence are reported each year, including both men and women. That's important. It is not always men against women. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. That's why we're actually focusing on the women women abusing men. One, because that's the one that's not talked about, and that's that's what this podcast is about. We're talking about the stuff that nobody's talking about. Yeah. Um, We're talking about the ignored topics. Um... My glass is full. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I forgot. (laughs) Sorry. I thought it was magic for a second. (laughs) Um, So nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. That's a staggering amount of people. Yeah. That's really upsetting. Um, It just says people abused by an intimate partner as well, by the way. That doesn't mean every 20 minutes or that doesn't mean 20 people a minute punch their wife in the face that means people are abused that means a parent abusing a child friends abusing each other lovers abu- well no this is intimate partner so you know uh during well, one intimate year means just not necessarily sex but just, oh well that's fair family yeah. slash close quarters i guess yeah um <laughs> wild speculation during one year this during one year this equates to more than 10 million people so just to give you like a lump sum more than 10 million people and that's just the reported cases um 
one-third of women and one-fourth of men will have experienced some sort of interpersonal violence, and for one-fourth of women and one-seventh of men, it's severe. What is less talked about, though, that's all physical abuse, though, by the way. That's all physical abuse. Uh, what's less talked about, th though, is emotional abuse. Um, and that ranges from withholding to controlling and includes manipulation and verbal abuse. Uh, the number of people affected is astronomical. Um, emotional abuse is insidious and it slowly eats away at your confidence and self-esteem. Uh, the effects are long-term and can take even word. longer, yeah, and can take even longer to, recur to recover from than blatant abuse. That was the one that kind of scared me the most, was that it can actually be more detrimental than the, ac than the violent ones. Yeah. Um, and I actually forgot that I was going to open with this beautiful quote from our own Albus Dumbledore. Um, Words are our most inexhaustible source of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. What's sad, though, is that it takes a lot more... Well, it doesn't take a lot more. It takes. It doesn't take a lot of negativity to bring a person so low. I think I, I remember a couple of teacher, teachers that I had that said that um, it takes like 20 positive comments to undo one negative. Yeah. Or something like that. Like the, the power of negativity is just so insane. So let's get into some different types. Um, sorry. It's okay. Let's see. Uh, so let's talk about romantic relationships for a second. So in romantic relationships, the verbal abuser may be responding to the person's separateness, um, in, meaning their, in, their individual thoughts, views, desires, feelings, expressions, even of happiness, which the, the abuser views as a threat, irritant, or attack. Uh, some people believe the abuser has low self-esteem and then so attempts to place their victim in a similar situation. To bring you down, to bring them down to their level, or because they like because they feel they feel like they don't have power, so that's how they're trying to get their power. They're actually, and I'll get to I'll get to that in a minute. Um, this is awful. <laughs> that's okay. It's your birthday. I'm sorry. No one's allowed to yell at you. This is a really hard one. It's gonna be a really hard one yeah. for both of us. So please just be patient. We're both survivors of this and perpetuators. So because it's a cycle. That's yeah. the thing is you you we absorb language and we absorb behavior behavior and so it's really hard. It's really really hard to um to break that cycle, especially when this is like your family cycle. Like if this is your family norm. Um, so a typical abuser, um, you may not realize that abusers feel powerless. They don't, they don't act insecure to cover up the truth. In fact, they're often bullies. In one, in one, uh, the one thing they all have in common is that their motive is to have power over their victim. Uh, this is often because they don't feel that they have personal power, regardless of worldly success, which I found interesting. To them, communication is a win-lose game. There it is again, that win the argument, lose the argument. Yeah. Win the person, win the day. Um, they often have the following personality profile. Insecure, needy with unrealistic expectations of a relationship, meaning they can try and like bully their partner into um, being the person that they think they should be or the person that they want to be with instead of allowing them to be themselves. Yeah. Um, which again, there's a line, there's a give and take in relationships. You you want you know you want to you want to try to be a better you want to try and be a better person, but you don't 
bully somebody into doing that, which is something I didn't realize I was doing for a long time with some of my exes. And uh, they're often distrustful, often jealous. And that doesn't mean jealous like they think you're cheating. Sometimes they're just jealous of your time, like time spent doing your own thing. Time spent with your own friends, time spent with your family, time spent the time that you spend on a hobby, jealous of your attention. Um, they're verbally abusive, of course. Um, they need to be right and in control. Need to be right. Yeah. There's a difference in being right and needing to be right. Because um, you're going to fight a whole lot harder for that rightness if you need to be right. You know. Yeah, and it's going to keep going and going and going. Uh, pos- they're possessive. They may try to isolate their partner from their friends and family, maybe making them move to a different town or maybe just, I don't know, cutting off contact in some way, talking, like, bad-mouthing them and making them feel like, oh, your family doesn't really want you around or making them feel, I don't know. Um, they're hypersensitive and they react aggressively. Uh, they also have a history of aggression, and that doesn't mean physical aggression always. It can mean... <clears throat> I keep burping. This fan is making me burp. <laughs> oh, I don't usually have carbonation. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, I needed to laugh because this is real sad. It's okay. Um, they usually have a history of aggression, meaning it could be verbal aggression. It could be physical aggression. It could be... There's many different types of abuse. Um, they're, sometimes they're cruel to animals or children. They blame their behaviors on others, which is interesting, meaning that they don't take responsibility. Like, if they, like, they're constantly blaming their behavior on others, as in, like, they're not going to take responsibility for their own attitude or for anything like that. If you approach them with an issue and say, hey, maybe next time don't punch me in the face, they're going to be like, well, why did you make me? You know what I'm saying? Your behavior made me Mm kind of thing. And I know we're talking about verbal abuse, but that was the easiest one I could come up with because my other ones were awful. Um... (laughs) So, and then sufferers, and they, they usually suffer from untreated mental health problems, including depression or suicidal behavior. So, and then I also want to say this real fast before we get into this. There's a lot of really bad information out there regarding verbal abuse. My own quick word of caution is that if, if you feel you're being verbally abused or you, we get through this and you feel like you recognize some of these behaviors in yourself, I would not advise going to someone's blog or, you know, there, there, there are some great blogs out there for people to just kind of get their emotions out on paper. Um, but I would not, if you're looking for solutions, don't, don't go to those first. Definitely go to something like Psychology Today for romantic relationships. Um, there's a wonderful counselor who writes these, this amazing series of books. His name's Gary Chapman. He'll have every answer for you. That's the, uh, the author that my husband and I use all the time. Go to someone, start, start with the experts, and then customize from there. Because yeah. they have degrees for a reason, and there's some really bad information out there. A lot of these blogs and things, I've seen some, I saw some really troubling things while I, was, um, while I was researching this, where people were like talking about throwing this back in their partner's face, or abusing them back. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's not that's not what we want to do. And I'm sure that they're just getting their emotions out. Like, this is what I wanted to do. But just be careful. Um, because you could make yourself, you could put yourself into an even, even worse position by taking bad advice. Particularly if you're actually trying to find a real solution. And you really actually want to grow. I would definitely suggest starting with the professionals. And it, 
it doesn't hurt to ask for help and to go to a counselor with the person that you're having these issues with? Absolutely not. I actually found out that couples counseling is cheaper than regular therapy. Oh, So there's that. Yeah. So for for people who say that it's too expensive or whatever, they've made it very affordable. I'm going to get too drunk because this is really good. It doesn't even taste like alcohol. <laughs> You're good. That's why I'm stopping at one because I still have to drive home. Because you have to do, well, and you still have to do your segment. Yeah. So, so um, <laughs> okay. Now let's get into what the, the different types of verbal abuse, like different things people do. Um, of course, gaslighting is one of them. The, and I actually didn't know what gaslighting was, so I, I, I had to look it up. Um, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation that seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or in members of a targeted group, making them question their own memory, perception, and sanity. Um, It uses persistent denial, misdirection, and contradiction, and lying, and it attempts to to destabilize the victim and delegitimize the victim's belief. I just never really knew. People use gaslighting all the time, so I just wanted to, like, define it real quick for those of you who are like me, (laughs) who, like, to be pretend like they know what terms mean. <laughs> okay. I totally photosynthesized with that. Photosynthesize? <laughs> I cannot take credit for that. That oh is a meme. <laughs> but it was too fitting. <laughs> oh, I photosynthesize with that. Um... So, the 15 common forms of verbal abuse in relationships. Okay, so number one, this is from Psychology Today. Um, withholding. Withholding is primarily manif- manifested as a withholding of information um, and a failure to share thoughts and feelings. Um, a person who withholds information refuses to engage with his or her partner in a healthy relationship. He or she does not share feelings or thoughts. When he or she does share anything, it is purely factual or functional information of the sort their partner could have looked up online (laughs) read on his or her facebook wall or figured out on their own um example with of examples of withholding communication that fail to engage their partner include the car is almost out of gas the keys are on the table the show is on now just they don't reveal anything about their thoughts or feelings they're just they're kind of a closed book yeah so like if people refuse to talk about their relationship like, if you sit down and say, hey, so where do you think this is going? And they just kind of don't want to talk about it. And they say, well, I mean, I like you anyway. I mean, and I'm guilty of that. It's kind of way. like lying by omission. Yeah. In a way. But, I mean, I I haven't really experienced anything like that with a romantic partner. Um, my I think this is definitely in the extreme, but it definitely happens. Or, I mean, I've even experienced when I ask someone about something that's important to me and instead of answering me they just wait for a day and then text me back the next day about something that's completely irrelevant which is another thing um that's actually another thing i think it's called deflection or blocking and diverting or something so Mm -hmm. hang on um so countering is another one countering is a tendency to be argumentative uh not merely in political philosophical or scientific context but in ordinary context as well like literally just arguing for the sake of arguing. Yeah. The victim, like, if you say, wow, that movie was amazing, and they say, I thought it sucked, just to completely bring you down. Yeah. They always take the other thing. Discounting. Discounting is an attempt to deny that the victim of the abuse has any right to his or her thoughts or feelings. Oh, man. 
It may come out as a criticism, but criticism of a particular kind. The abuser may tell their partner or person, the victim, on a regular basis that he or two is too sens that he or she is too sensitive, too childish, has no sense of humor, or tends to make a big deal out of nothing. The abuser thereby denies the victim's inner reality, indirectly telling a partner that how they feel and what they experience are wrong. So, like, if I would, were to come to you, let's, for an example, and say, hey, um, I really feel that I deserve more money because this, I spent three days editing this. I've have, I'm having to spend three days editing all of our podcasts because they're six hours long, which is 100% not true, by the way. And you were to say, well, but I do all this other stuff, too, so, and then just move on just completely discounting it you didn't validate my feelings you didn't say oh okay well let's talk about that more just completely said well no because well no that's not true because I also you know run the Facebook and I do this and that and the other so I mean that takes time yeah like that yeah you know what I'm saying that's a really silly example but just by the way you know, if you feel like you need more oh money oh my god no that's know. not true it's not true <laughs> that's why that's why I you that's why I used it as an example it's not true okay it's not true at all. Um, we both we both are equally responsible. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so a ver- verbal abuse di- disguised as jokes. Uh, this is a really bad one yeah. and a really common one. Um, the abuser may say something very upsetting to the victim of the abuse. And um, after seeing their reaction, add, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, and I just want to say this real fast. Um, abuse is not okay in any form. Jokes that hurt people's feelings are abusive. Just so everyone knows out there, it is not okay to say, oh, you look fat. Just kidding. I think it's Mike Birbiglia has a really good um, quip about that where he was dating some girl and she would say really mean stuff to him and then pull it back. Like she would say, you're like a nerd, but you're not even smart. Oh, wow. Just joking. Or no one likes you at all. Oh. Only kidding. I don't know how you can turn that into a joke. <laughs> I know. It's mean. Yeah. You can't pull it back with a joke that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I, w- I used to be a teacher and kids would do that shit all the time. They'd be like, I mean, you're ki- you're so slutty. Just kidding. Or, oh, God, you're so annoying. No one likes you. And then I would be like, excuse you? How is that constructive? And then they would say, oh, I was just kidding. It's still not okay. Yeah. No, that doesn't make that person's feelings... <laughs> like better that kind of shit used to stick sticks with you forever mm-hmm. i remember when i was in seventh grade we used to do karaoke all the time like my friends and i would go to my friend's um my friend's basement and we would play karaoke and um one of one of my friends at the time said that she didn't like my voice and that had stuck with me i didn't go out for choir i didn't try out for musicals nothing and i actually have a really nice voice i know you can't tell because of my horrible vocal fry today it is not but horrible. <laughs> but I have a beautiful singing voice. I also was singing earlier, but my voice was not warm because I've been talking all day <laughs> and it's very dry in winter. But yeah, so she may, she, she may have unintentionally, because, you know, teenagers are mean. It just happens. Um, she may have unintentionally diverted my life, you know, because like theater was my passion. Like what if I'd gone that direction? And I had I had so much confidence in my voice before she said that. Yeah. And it completely derailed after that day. I sat and I never sang karaoke again after that. And I never sang in front of people until um, 
actually until I the last year that I was teaching after we got back from New York. I took a lot of vitamins. Yeah. And I said, and my energy was through the roof and I sang in front of my students. Oh. Yeah. If any of you are listening, hi, love you. Hi. Um so and then this is the one. This is the one blocking and diverting. So this is the one I've actually experienced, not really the withholding one so much. Um this is more blocking and diverting. The one about like the text message and stuff they said earlier. Mm-hmm. So blocking and diverting is a form of withholding. That's why I got caught up in that. That's a form of withholding in which the abuser decides which topics are good, quote, good conversation topics. An abuser practicing this form of abuse may tell the victim that they are talking out of turn or complaining too much. So, like, you know, if I were to text someone something like, hey, where's this going? And they're like, oh, no. So this TV show is awesome. And just completely discount everything, you know, not discount, but completely block what you said and then divert the conversation another way so that they don't have to talk about it. Yeah. That's a really common one. The deflecting thing is really, really hurtful because it just tells me it just tells the person that what they say is not important and like it's important to them and that what's important to them isn't actually important. Yeah. Well, growing up, I would um, my grandmother had a really bad habit of knowing which buttons to push. Oh, to yeah. make me talk, but We're not gonna like, get there. yeah, not make me talk nicely. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I'm not blaming that on her, but I'm just, I'm saying she would upset me. Like she would like make sure that I was upset before mm-hmm. I started talking so that we wouldn't get anything constructive said. Yeah. And, and it would just turn into a fight because she wanted the attention. Yeah. So I yeah. would, I would quit saying stuff when she would ask me like, well, how are yeah, you feeling see, about this? Yeah, we're yeah. going to get there. Hang on. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Sorry. You're jumping to solution. <laughs> and I'm only three glasses of champagne in. So um, I'm going to put this down. <laughs> so this is another one, accusing and, uh, and blaming. So in these forms of abuse, the abuser will accuse the victim of things that are outside his or her control. Like when John Mulaney says that her his mom like blamed Princess <laughs> Diana on. <laughs> mom, I have been here all night. I have been here all night. You can feel the TV. It's, it's warm. warm. <laughs> he or she might accuse a partner of preventing them from getting a promotion because the partner is overweight. Oh, God. Or ruining his or her reputation because the partner dropped out of college. That sort of thing. Fun stuff. Like, what? Sorry, you didn't get a promotion because you suck. Yeah. Or for a myriad of other reasons. You didn't get a promotion because your partner... Is fat. No. And if that's true, change your job. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Also, okay, judging and criticizing Mm -hmm. is another one. Number seven. Uh, Judging and criticizing is similar to accusing and blaming, but it also involves a negative evaluation of the partner. So, um... Most you statements are judgmental, critical, and abusive. So meaning like you you statement some examples of you statements are you are never satisfied. You always find something to be upset about. You are always zero to a hundred. You came out here and you were all pissed off, so it made me get angry. You don't get to speak for your that's something that you learn in um, how to communicate when you go to seminars and things when you learn how to communicate effectively, you have to use I statements. Uh-huh. I felt hurt when I came out of the bedroom and saw that you were laying on the couch playing video games when you know when you knew we needed to leave at four o'clock and you still hadn't gotten ready and you knew that this was important to me Mm -hmm. because I told you 
that puts the blame on the person's actions as opposed to on their character. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense. So that's something that, that I mean, that's definitely something that I've worked on a lot is, you, you know, you always having to take a step back instead of being reactive because I'm a really reactive person. I mean, I always have been. So that's been something that I've really been appreciative of being married. Yeah. Um, because it's really helped me to take a step back and evaluate my, like, evaluate my emotions. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling? And then construct that into a statement so that it doesn't sound like I'm blaming my feelings on Josh's person. Yeah not on his character um i'm blaming it you blame the person's action Mm -hmm. not their weight or something that they can't control like that it just helps to put you it's not as attacking and it helps to bring you to a common ground so that you can discuss the situation it makes me feel irritated and frustrated when you don't take the trash out and i have to ask you because that's your only chore and yeah it seems like you, you it, it, to me, it's, it seems like you don't care that our house smells like garbage or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it just helps to diffuse it and bring you to the same level because when you're on the same level, you can reach a, reach a conclusion. But when you're constantly uh, pointing your finger attacking and them. attacking the person, that's rude and hurt, very hurtful. Trivializing. Trivializing is a form of verbal verbal abuse that makes most things the victim of abuse does or wants to do seem insignificant. Uh, The abuser might undermine his or her work, style of dressing, or choice of food. Undetermining. Or, sorry, (laughs) undermining. Undermining. I can't talk anymore. (laughs) Undermining. Um, So undermining is similar to trivializing, which consists of undermining everything the victim says or suggests or making them question themselves and their own opinions and interests. I don't really think that needs an example. Both of those are pretty pretty hurtful. I mean, especially the trivializing thing, like the style of dressing or something, like if you were to about to go out on a date, like if you were already married and you or had slash had been together for like 10 years or something like that and you're all excited for your anniversary, yeah. you came out all dressed up and all prepped and they're like, why are you even dressed up? We're just going to... Because I want to look nice for you because I'm excited about our day. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... Like, oh, cool. It just immediately deflates you. Yeah. Whew. Sorry. That... This is a lot. <laughs> uh, name calling is another one. So name calling can be explicit or subtle. It doesn't... It, it's all about intent. Whether they curse at you or whether they call you a, a butthole. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, name calling can be explicit or subtle. Nah, explicit name calling can, can, can consist in calling the victim of the abuse a bitch or hurtful words. Or other hurtful words, um, but it can also be more subtle, such as when someone says things about you. Oh, says oh, sorry. Such as when someone says things that are ex- implicitly hurtful. Uh, for instance, you're such a victim. You think you're so precious, don't you? Just don't ever um, assume someone's thoughts and feelings. Just like as a rule in general in life. Another thing is forgetting. So um, I have forgotten things before once or twice um one time i bought a concert ticket with my my dear dear friend nicole shout out uh we went to go see paramore and i called josh and i said hey i'm so excited we got tickets to see paramore on on april 22nd and we're so excited and he said is anything else happening that day and i said no and he said i'm not getting a year older and i said oh no I'm Aww. so sorry. And it was one time. Yeah. Um, it's not 
constant is the thing. That's when it becomes abuse. Yeah. We all forget things from time to time. But um, so the category of forgetting covers a range of issues ranging from forgetting a promise to forgetting a date or an appointment. If an abuser, if even if the abuser really forgot, it's still abuse because he ought to have made an effort to remember. So this is more like we have an appointment every week or once a month at such and such. Or we promised each other that we would start having kids at this point and nothing has happened. We won't, he won't talk about it. He hasn't said anything. Or we said we would meet up at this place and he stood me up. Yeah. He or she or they. Sorry. Um, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so then this one is ordering. This is a really, really bad one. And this is something that happens all the time. Um, any form of ordering or demanding is a form of verbal abuse. It falls under the general issue of control. So ordering, this is the another big one that we learned at marriage counseling. Um, well, not counseling. We went to a seminar. But um, and in therapy is to ask, not demand, or request, not mm-hmm. demand. So I don't come in the room and say, take out the trash. Or, are you ever going to take the trash out? Um, I say, hey, when you get a set, can you take the trash out? Hey, this weekend, can you please try to get the, uh, can we try and get the, get the boxes burned? Those are all much gives, better It gives than... them the power yeah. to make their own decision as opposed to demanding that they do it right now and drop everything that they're doing. This happened, this was a habit that I picked up from childhood. Um, and yeah. Denial is another one. So denial is abusive when it consist when it is abusive when it consists of denying one's bad behavior and failing to realize the consequences of this behavior. So an abuser will always try to find a way to justify and rationalize their behavior. This is a way of denying that they are do- that they have done anything wrong. So let's say that I always say. Um, that I'm always demanding that I'm saying that I'm constantly, hey, make your bed. Pick up your laundry, feed the dog, mow the lawn. And then my partner comes to me and says, hey, can you please, this is really, like, I can't figure out why I feel so bad all the time. And I think it's because you're constantly demanding things of me. And I feel like I have to drop everything I'm doing and do what you say immediately. And that's really hurtful. And I say, I don't do that. No, no, I don't do that. And then I refuse to change. That is also a form of abuse because it makes the other person feel like they're crazy or, like, they're not important. Yeah. Or their feelings don't matter. Or their feelings don't, yeah. Yeah, their time doesn't matter. Like, they wouldn't bring it up if it wasn't Important, hurtful. yeah. I mean, like, when I, when whenever, I mean, I'll just get real for a minute. Whenever Josh came to me and said, listen, like, the tone of your voice is really hurtful. You sound angry at me all the time. You don't say, you don't sound like that to anyone else. And it's just, to, it's just when you talk to me. And it's really upsetting. I don't understand. It's like I've done something wrong all the time, and I'm constantly trying to figure out what I've done. And I just say, no, I don't. That's not real. That's not what happened. I immediately dissolved in a puddle of tears and felt like the worst human being on the face of the planet because I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because he didn't... didn't, Because I couldn't hear it, and I just Mm -hmm. felt like a failure as a wife. (laughs) But anyway... um, And then there's also abusive anger. So any form of yelling, screaming, particularly out of context, um, even yelling shut up is abusive. Honestly, you guys, nobody deserves to be yelled at ever. I'll preface that with, uh, I'll amend that with, unless they've like cheated or honestly done something that is detrimental. I mean, I would yell a little bit, 
but (laughs) (laughs) yeah when it comes to everyday issues is what i'm saying like nobody honestly nobody deserves to be yelled at if if we can if we can come to each other and have discussions in an adult manner we'd all be much more healthy there was a really interesting article that i read about um verbal abuse from psychology today again um and this guy was talking about the mirror of love and how like the words from the people we love end up like we internalize the words from the people that we lo- that we hear about ourselves from the people we love and that becomes the mirror that reflects our own self-image and that um in verbally abusive relationship the mirror the mirror of love reflects mostly flaws and defects in the form of criticism sarcasm resentment and anger um and everyone in the family everyone in the family begins to confuse function with value and task performance with love the pain is never about the facts or specific behavior no matter how your loved one puts it no matter how much he or she claims to be talking facts or logic or tasks the message reflected in the mirror of love is if you don't do what i want i can't value you and if i can't value you you are not worth loving that's when a verbal verbally abusive environment feels like to someone who is the victim in this situation or the, the the to the to the the other party i should say which hits hits home for me yeah <laughs> um from my childhood um so there's just there, there was a lot of stuff and i i'll just go ahead i'm not going to get into it because it would take far too long and there's a lot of scientific stuff that I don't understand, and so I really can't really articulate it, I guess. Um, but there, there is a wonderful article on Psychology Today. Of um, It's called Five Things Everyone Must Understand About Verbal Abuse. Um, and it's the effect of verbal aggression that is greater than the expression of love. So, And it's all about these studies that they did where... Um, they found that the circuitry, which I don't know what that word means, but the circuitry for physical and emotional pain appears to be the same. So, like, they put them through a series of trials where they um, they gave them, like, some really, really bad news. Like, personal, of course, like, personally um, tailored to the pers- to the, the subject. Yeah. And... Um, that they know they knew would be like heartbreaking and like measured their emotional like the the signals in their brain and then they also like caused a a, a shock or it, I don't know it was called a I don't know they did something to where they like caused them actual physical pain I mean they signed up for this you know yeah. what I'm saying like they caused them like They're actual probably physical paid pain very well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> physical pain and the uh, the the reaction in the brain was the same so what's awful is that um, emotional abuse and verbal abuse like that. Um, is actually just as detrimental, if not more so, because there's no scars for anyone to heal on the outside. Mm-hmm. So no one seems to think that you're actually in pain. Yeah. Nobody really seems to take it seriously. It's really, really upsetting, um, especially to children, especially to children, because we see when, when we're talking parent-child here, like we w- children see who they are through the through how their parent speaks to them and how their parent treats them. Yeah. And that, I mean, that can last a lifetime. And it's so hard to break of that. It's so, so hard. Um, but there's a lot more studies that they did on that. Um, and they actually, they mapped their brains and they saw that um, 
the damage there was just w- was the same as someone who had been physically abused. Oh, and then there was this great quote at the end that said, words have the power to maim. Absolutely. Okay, so then um, the one where he was talking about the mirror of love, um, I also wanted to say this, that I read the article. Um, the whole article is really good. If you Google that, mirror of love, psychology today, or something like that, um, it'll, it'll come up. And we'll post our sources, of course, on our blog. But um, the article as a whole was really interesting because it was talking about verbal abuse and all of that, but then it was also saying, like, when we actually are constructive in the way we speak to each other, and, like, you know, we use our I statements and we come and we discuss things when we have issues with each other and we really listen, then we can take, I don't know what else to call it but a criticism. We can take that and instead of using it, I- instead of it being used to cause pain, of course, like, in some evolutionary future, when c- when this is hopefully trained out of all of us, um, I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately, because a lot of people don't see anything wrong with bullying or, yeah. or, or things like that. They say it's for their own good and all that stuff. But so um, that, that eventually we should be able to take that as a form of personal growth and see it as constructive and view it as a way to grow and change as opposed to seeing it as something that inflicts pain. Which is hard for me because, of course, I mean, I, I grew up blaming myself and feeling like everything was my fault all the time. It feels like a personal attack. Yeah, it, alwa- it always feels like a personal attack. And yeah. I feel really bad because then it makes it hard for my partner to come and talk to me, you yeah. know, and it, about things because they know that I'm going to cry. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And that's also, I mean, it, I don't know. I just, whew. it's a really tough thing, you guys. And it, it's something that deserves to be taken seriously. And... I hope that it's helped, that this has helped someone. I hope that it's helped for you, if maybe if you feel like you're in this constant struggle with a partner or with a family member, that maybe it's some it's an idea to help um, to diffuse the situation um, or something of that nature. Um, oh, no, I'm not done. Okay, so I did have a how to respond. So um, most victims of, ab- of this kind of abuse respond in a rational way, meaning that they explain themselves and believe that the abuser is interested in what they have to say. Um, this lets the abuser know that they've won and have control. So you can't just explain it away to yourself. Most of us do that. They're just like, oh, well, I mean, I guess he's just busy and he can't talk to me right now or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another thing is if you know that your partner's busy, don't come in there and expect to start a conversation. It's res- it's that's disrespectful of their time as well. So yeah. it's important to go in and say, hey, when you get to a stopping point, do you care to come back into the house? And le- um, I just need to talk to you about something real quick. So then again, it's just like asking instead of demanding. Mm-hmm. It falls in the same category. So instead, one must design their own strategy and not react. So like you said, when your grandma would come in and say something to directly attack you and make you angry so they could pick a fight. You don't give in. Yeah. I got, I mean, I mean, I just got to a point where I just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, the conversation someone, like, would just be it, over. It's one of those things where every time you get settled on the couch, someone sa- comes in and says, hey, you know, you could be setting the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have helped me with dinner. You can say, excuse me? I'm sorry, what? you know and then that's the way to uh, that's a good way to kind of make each other aware as well like if you've brought this to the person's attention and they don't hear it in their voice they don't realize when they're doing it and you say i'm sorry did you mean to sound hateful that's something that's kind of helped me and josh at least is hey wait a minute okay so did you mean to sound hateful or are you just stressed yeah that's a really good way to kind of diffuse this oh no i'm so sorry i just 
I'm trying to get the car packed, and I just didn't know. I needed to ask a question. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to sound. I didn't mean to sound mean. Yeah. Or whatever. I'm just trying to get out the door, hun. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then of course, you have to then make the decision to forgive and move on. Yeah. Um, and then so, so uh, design your own strategy and don't react. There, thereby not rewarding the abusive behavior. Uh, you can do this by not engaging or by responding in an unpredictable way, such as with humor, which throws off, which throws an abuser off guard. Like, uh, that was something my mom used to do all the time was I would like just sit down or get settled to do something else or, um, and then it would be, you know, you could set the table so you can just always throw back with, uh, oh, really? I thought you could do that. I thought you would enjoy that. Really? I thought, but I thought that was your favorite thing. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of helps diffuse the situation. Yeah. <sighs> Every time I sit down, <laughs> I just sat down, Mom. You know, like being in a silly way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Not in an actual moan and groan way. Um, you can also ask for the behavior you want. Um, that requires a level of maturity and calm so that you don't abuse back. Mm-hmm. You have to really make sure if you are truly wanting to change your relationship dynamic with this person, this has got to be in a, hey, I feel it personally attacked when you speak for me and tell me what I'm feeling by saying you are always pissed off. You are always asking. You know what I'm saying? You are always zero to ten. You are always such and such. Like, you know what I mean? So just remember to use those I statements, set limits. And confront the abuse so that, but definitely confront it so that they know, because a lot of times they may not. And that's, that then opens a further conversation about your past and your families and what, you know, which is definitely conversations worth having, especially before you get married and while you're married or, you know, just in, or in a long-term relationship in general with anyone, be it friend, if it's unhealthy or, um, or romantic. Most victims do the opposite, which is really sad, and they placate and appease the abuser to de-escalate tension and the risk of harm. Um, It rarely works, and the abuse typically continues, meaning because the person never sees anything wrong with what they're doing, you just say, uh, you just comply all the time, because it's easier easier to just do it and follow along than actually address it, because maybe that'll turn into a fight, and it'll it'll be, oh my god, well, you did the... It, it, they, and then they employ all these other things, and you end up feeling two inches tall. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, why, well, why didn't you do this? Well, this last year... Remember last year when you did such and such? And it just all becomes a big deflection and a big fight. Um, so just, you know, be aware. And that's just a small little snippet um i just wanted to have a way to kind of close out my segment but um i've already gone on for far too long because <laughs> this was really really hard for me to do and i feel like it'll hit home with a lot of people like it did me um so uh definitely i definitely can recommend gary chapman as a really good author um be you christian or not he does quote the bible but it's not preachy it's always in context and it's not it's not in your face at all but um there is an element there just to let you know, um, that being said, they are incredibly constructive books on how to communicate. And the, the, co- the communication methods feel really corny at first, but just embrace it and lean into it and be, use it as a way to diffuse any, any tension with your partner. And just really know that if you follow it, they really do work. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible the difference that it makes if you take it seriously and you actually and I mean, pay attention. 
sometimes you have to relearn how to communicate. Because we all if have to. Yeah, if you've grown up in an environment where you were not allowed to communicate how you were feeling or the only communication was negative communication, you're not going to know how to communicate in a loving relationship. Well, how is it that the only way I found out about I statements instead of, like, you, you, you and not demanding was at a marriage seminar? Why wasn't any of this taught to me as a child? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Even in, like, elementary school or something, none of this behavior was modeled. Yeah. Ever. You know, and that's just, you know, I mean, it, and of course it wasn't at home because it just perpetuated, I mean, the cycle was just being perpetuated. But, I mean, we know all this stuff. I don't understand why it's not modeled more. Yeah. And, like, if nothing else, this really drove home that, like, when I, um, when, when, when we start our family, I'm definitely going to make, we're, we're, we're going to make an effort to uh, really make sure we model this kind of behavior so that our children don't struggle the way that we did, you know? Yeah. So, great segue into... Yeah, so... Into this story. Yeah, so I have another historical figure for you um, guys. By the way, also, um, just because we're doing women against, like, the women who abuse men, we're not we're not trying to perpetuate the, the myth of nagging or whatever. Just to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm talking about actual abuse. We're talking about abuse. If yeah. you're a lazy piece of shit who literally never listens to your wife, and you call her a nag, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I'm going to open with a quote. Um, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people wanted you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. And that is from Anne uh, Lameau. Uh, she wrote Bird by Bird, Some Instructions on Writing in Life. Um, I've come across this quote quite a bit um, because I'm a writer and I have a Pinterest board for ideas <laughs> and stuff and it popped up and that has always kind of stuck with me and I never know or I never knew where it came from and I just I love it so much. So um, do you want to take a guess at who I have picked out for us to talk about today? I mean I know because I saw the back Damn page it. of your notes when we were printing <laughs> out and I'm, re I'm really upset because that would have been an amazing <laughs> reveal. But I am really excited about who, who you're doing. Okay. This is really, really cool. Yeah. Because this is kind of a famous couple. Yes. So um, I'm going to be talking about um, Abraham Lincoln and his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln. So, um, yeah, before I get into that, though. I don't know if I'm more excited about this one or the Charles Darwin that we did last time because that was, these are so cool, Kay. Yeah. I, I was You're really, brilliant. <laughs> it took me forever to find this because I was going to talk about, um, oh, what the fuck was her name? Let me pull it up. I was going to talk about uh, Catherine Mary Knight. Um, I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Then I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, save it. Um, because <laughs> I, I am going to use it. Um, I just heard, um, the, and that's why we drank podcast, do a story on her. And I absolutely loved it, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, it is a woman who um, was abusive to all of her partners. And mm -hmm. um, so I think I'm going to save that for the... Is that a recent one? Because I don't remember that one. 2000s. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, like, I mean, oh. no, the episode. Is oh, that, no. like, the newest one? Uh, no. I don't remember that episode. No, it was kind of earlier. I think it might have been 17, episode 17 or 18. Oh, wow. So that was a really long time ago. Yeah. Well, okay. I am I'm just... I'm going to have to go back and listen to it yeah. after you tell yours because I don't want to yeah. taint my own reactions. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just, it was so cool and it was a really good example of abuse, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. Uh, yeah, so that's fair. I am going to start... Kind of like the uh, the stalker one that we were going to do. Yeah. 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 
Um, so I'm going to start with a woman from the channel BBC3. Um, any oh, listeners the- from London will probably be very <laughs> familiar with that channel. Because the Brits do it better. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, Especially farting. <laughs> If you are listening to these backwards, go back and listen to episode two for that reference. (laughs) (laughs) Episode two is so fun. I loved it. (laughs) Um, So much. Yeah, so... uh, I need to laugh. I'm sorry. This episode has been such a bummer. (laughs) It's okay. You're about to laugh a whole lot. It'll be fine. Okay, good. I'm so glad because my segment sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You did a really good job, though. Oh, well, thank you. I felt like I was just rambling on all over the place. No, it's okay. It was just... It was really hitting home for me, and it was really hard for me to... This, this has been a really triggering episode for yeah. both of us. Um, so Which is why I'm going to have another glass of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so in October of 2017, um, this woman from the BBC3 has um, a show where she does social experiments. And in October, she did one on, like, abusing a male in public. Oh, okay. Um, so her name is Aline Vandervelden. It does seem like more when it's women abusing men, it does seem like it's more in public a lot of the time. I mean, uh-huh. it of course still happens at the ho- at the home as well, but it mm-hmm. does seem like it's more like in front of your friends and family. Yeah. Like just, I mean, I will say this real quick. It took me a long time to come to this conclusion. Um, but being married to your best friend doesn't mean that y- your best friend dynamics can be the same as like, a platonic friend relationship where you like kind of bust on each other and it's funny. Yeah. So like, for instance, when we hang out with Josh's family and they all, they all just kind of talk shit on each other and it's funny when they do it. But Mm -hmm. if I join in and do that towards Josh, it's very hurtful. Yeah. Because it's It's a more intimate relationship. And that's not okay. Like it's okay to kind of joke around with your friends, but to think that your wife truly thinks that about you or your husband truly thinks that about you is really, really mean. Yeah. And can be really hurtful. And I really thought that it was just him, like him saying that I couldn't participate (laughs) in the conversation Mm -hmm. in the same way, which I can't, but I, I, it took me a long time to get to that conclusion. It took it happening to me Mm -hmm. to really understand that it took me years to understand that just to let you guys know like that's not it's not fun yeah um okay so i'm sorry i keep interrupting you it's okay um so she wanted to see who would stop and speak up for people being victimized i'm not gonna go into a whole lot of detail because it's in the main story right but um so for 90 minutes he would abuse her and for 90 minutes she abused him uh verbally uh, verbally yes. yes okay so i was gonna say so for 30 minutes they punched he punched her in the face <laughs> and, and then for 30 minutes she punched him in the dick <laughs> that would have been much more attention getting <laughs> i think we would have seen that here <laughs> um okay so in the 90 minutes seven people stopped to help her which i kind of perked up when you said like one in seven men get abused because that that was just Um, interesting that's interesting yeah so seven people stopped to help her and only one person stepped in to help him in 90 minutes of this um yeah passerbys it's also kind of a mind your own business situation too that's tough yeah well um like one person stopped to help him and other people i mean nobody wants to I would just wait. Yeah. I'm getting there. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, So one person stopped to help, and then another person, like, recorded it and sent it to his friends on Snapchat. 
Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, passerbys that didn't help the male actor, um, who was named Will, said that he was soft for letting her hit him or that he must have done something to hurt her. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's all possible, but it still doesn't justify... It still doesn't justify, like, what she was doing. No. If you go and watch the video, like... What kind of things is she saying? That do you want another yeah. snack? Like, really, did you have She's to do this? She's saying... Did... Oh, no. Yeah. In public? In public. Yeah. That The article that she wrote is literally titled, I abused a man in public and no one cared. Um, wow. Yeah. And she That's even... so sad. Yeah. She even wrote, if I'm honest, I probably would have been one of the people who didn't intervene at the sight of a woman abusing a man. I would have been too embarrassed, worrying that they'd think I was being rude by butting in. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, because we're taught that's a legit concern in our society. Yeah, but I mean, if though you're... it is a stranger and you're probably never going to see them again. Yeah. Though there is also the fear that you could be hurt. Yeah. Physically, or you know, I, if I don't you don't, know. if you don't feel safe to intervene, you should at least call the police. I yeah. guess. Call the police. Call someone that can help. Have your buddy that feels more confident <laughs> go yeah. over there. You know, um, and I mean, we're, we're living in a society now that is full of people who don't trust one another. Oh, yeah. And. That's fair. We cannot stay silent anymore. No. So I think that's something. Well, and I mean, I would always be scared that if I butted in, they would then come after me or in some way, or mm -hmm. I would get sued or I don't know. Like, yeah. it just. That's when you. But. Again, I'm like also that's a paranoid. <laughs> I'm also a paranoid <laughs> lunatic, though. So <laughs> don't don't mind me. <laughs> Listen to our anxiety episode if you want to learn more about that. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it was a great video. And I just want to say this too: like, there's a lot of things going on in our political climate right now, as far as like uh, male behavior. Um, like we posted that Gillette thing. Um, not all males behave that way yeah. just so everyone knows um and I'm, I'm not gonna lie that i'm probably have been the person to see someone i mean i don't know i don't like it when people yell or fight in public Pro mostly because i mean i've worked in customer service for you know most of my life and when people fight in front of you it's fucking awkward please don't subject the rest of us to that nonsense i had one couple come in and they were just walking around the store and <laughs> The woman was saying something about how she hated that his parents were living in their house. Oh, no. In front and, of, oh, whoa, oh, that just is wait. not a public conversation. Oh, just wait. It got worse. Um, So he turned around to her and was like, well, if you weren't so fucking stupid. And <gasps> they I mean, they just went on and it got louder. And she <laughs> she was like pointing at him and getting real angry. They walked out. They didn't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> like Good. I was very thankful. It sounds like they needed to go home and talk. Yeah. Shit. Oh my god. I mean, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. Okay. So anyway, that's a great video. Um, I am going to post a link to it on our um social media just so you can watch it. It'll probably be after this. Sorry if you though, just heard my so. dog whining in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So today I'm going to be talking about one of our presidents. He, he wants was... to play so bad. I'm so oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> 
his name was Abraham Lincoln. Yay! Uh, so I we just know realized him. I already said that. Yes. Let me tell you a little bit about his background. Um, so he was born on February 12th, 1809 to Thomas Lincoln and Nancy Hanks, um, who were two uneducated farmers in a one-room log cabin on the Sinking Spring Farm in uh, southeast Hardin County, Kentucky, which is now part of LaRue County. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about an hour away, give or take. I looked it up. I was curious. From here? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to further triangulate where we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be an hour in any direction. Y'all well, don't know. Fair. That's fair. Like. <laughs> that's fair. That's a lot of, that's a lot that's of a time lot of to cover. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. If, if you are that dedicated, come on. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> please <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> you can totally cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it in. That was funny. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> if you are that dedicated, like, <laughs> whatever, I've got a bat. <laughs> um, I have a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband's a hunter. <laughs> we have weapons. <laughs> <laughs> My mom has pistols. Yeah. Um, okay, we so. We got those. We got rifles. <laughs> we got machetes. <laughs> we Don't got fuck all kinds with me. Of shit. Uh, yeah. I have rusty butcher knives. <laughs> so even if you don't die by me slashing you, you'll die by infection. You'll get, you'll get tet- tetanus. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So um, he was the first president born west of the Appalachians. Okay. Um, they moved to southern Indiana in 1816, where he lived from ages 7 to 21. And his mother died of milk sickness, which I had no fucking idea what that was. Um, so it is poisoning by milk from cows that have eaten white snake root. Oh. Yeah, and of course it only That's grows. Different. Yeah, it only grows in Indiana. So if they hadn't moved to Indiana, she oh, probably no. wouldn't have died. Oh, that's, that's awful. Fun facts. Butterfly effects, man. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. And um, another fact, um, her... Or Mary Todd Lincoln's um, mother died when she was young as well. Oh, so they, they yeah. both lost parents early. Yeah, and they both had to deal with stepmothers. Um, Mary Todd didn't like her stepmother very much. Uh-huh. Um, Abe was okay with her. Um, but, I mean, they're not their mothers. Right. So, I mean, there's always that tension there. Well, not always. Well, there's sometimes For that them, tension. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't, yeah, I was going to say, some are not always evil. Oh, between yeah. them, there, there was always tension. I see yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. This particular family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't speaking for all people. Um, just to clarify. Uh, so she died. shitting on stepmothers. <laughs> uh, she died on October 5th, 1818. So, um, after that, um, he was kind of raised by his sisters and his father. Mm-hmm. Um, he took a number of odd jobs, and he was always a really hard worker, um, even when he was starting his political career. Like, he would hold an office, but he would also do odd jobs on the side. Wow. Yeah. Like, it, it just no wasn't stimulating. No one does that anymore. Yeah. He, he was like, it's just not stimulating enough for me. What? So he would go and, yeah. He was extremely hard working. That's incredible. Yeah. So he studied and practiced law as well um, before becoming the 16th president of the United States, serving from March 1861 until his assassination in April 1865. Uh, He led the United States through its civil war, its bloodiest war, and its Mm -hmm. greatest moral, constitutional, and political crisis. In doing so, he preserved the Union, abolished slavery, strengthened the federal government, and modernized the economy. 
So, um, yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Yeah, he was awesome. He was a good president. Yeah, I um, mean, we don't know what his personal life was like, but I think we're about to find out. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so let me tell you a little bit about his mental health. Um, he was described as suffering from melancholy, which back then would be clinical depression. I was going to say that sounds like a really <laughs> nice way of saying he was world depressed. Yeah. <laughs> or clinically, or had clinical depression. Clinical depression. Yeah. yeah. Good days and bad days. Yeah. Um. It was during his time as an Illinois legislator that Joshua Speed said that Lincoln anonymously published a suicide poem in the <gasps> in a Sang- Sangamo Journal. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, though he was not sure of the date, a suicide poem was published on August 25th, 1838, making Lincoln 29 years old. Uh, the poem is called The Suicide Soliloquy. Um, historians are still divided on whether or not Lincoln was the author. Wow. Um, I did not look that up. I felt like it would make no. me cry. <laughs> no, I don't want to read that. Yeah. That's really upsetting and so sad for him. Yeah. Um, I might look it up later. Um, Please don't. <laughs> There's no need. That's like yeah. looking at a crime scene photo. You don't need to subject your eyes to that. Well, I don't know. Don't do it. Yeah, I won't. Okay? <laughs> You're lying. I promise. I won't. Ple- I'm going to put it in the contract. <laughs> I won't he can swear to you right now. Kay will, will not, not look up Abraham Lincoln's suicide poem to trigger her own depression. <laughs> What's your worst habit? Listening to sad music to make me more depressed yes. when I'm already depressed. <laughs> I photosynthesize with that. <laughs> I photosynthesize deeply with that. Oh, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Lincoln suffered depressed mood after major traumatic events, such as the death of Anne Rutledge, who was his first love. He was, um, apparently she was the only woman that he was really in love with. Um, and she. So he loved, he loved her deep, more deeply than his. So it's kind of speculated that he kind of settled. Yeah. When it came to Mary Todd, then. He did. I guess. Okay. Yeah. She kind of forced him into marrying her. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, Scandal. Yeah. Oh, just wait. Um, So much scandal and intrigue. Yeah. Uh, So she died in August of 1835. Um, So his true love died, and that probably didn't help his depression. Yeah. Or who he viewed to be his true love died. Yeah. And let me just interject right here. Whenever he would get really depressed and he would feel things just too deeply, he would completely shut down. Like, mm. he wouldn't talk to anybody. He wouldn't be able to interact with anybody because he he just lost words. He would go catatonic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, wow. And that pissed Mary Todd Lincoln off. Well, I mean, it can when you're trying to get it. When you, when you're, I don't know. It's like when you, you're, you're talking about something that you're really passionate about and you can't get any sort of reaction from your partner. That can be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. I mean... But, but uh, uh, we also have to remember that they knew nothing about mental health like this yeah. back then. I mean, ice pick lobotomies were a thing, I'm pretty sure. This yeah. was 1800s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was not great. A great time for mental health. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he... Uh, so I, I just wanted to give both of them a little bit of credit yeah. there. Like Yeah. Well, you'll see why I don't give her a whole lot well, of Well, yeah, that's fair. I feel like we're about <laughs> to find out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... So after she died, um, he later became engaged to Mary Todd Lincoln, mm-hmm. and their engagement ended in January of ni- 1841. After which their engagement ended. Uh huh. 
Okay. Uh, after which several close associates feared Lincoln's suicide. They So they thought he was going to kill himself. After they broke up? Yeah. I think he was just so desperate at that point. I mean, just so desolate, like, no one loves me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we've all... I've been there, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're young and you feel, th- you feel love very deeply. I mean, well, when you're young and you don't, you haven't experienced a lot of the spectrum of of love you know what i mean it can especially like your first or second love yeah where you finally feel a connection with somebody after something that tragic yeah mm-hmm. that can be really can feel like you can never get out of it or whatever yeah um and he I also photosynthesized with that as well <laughs> <laughs> um and he also got really depressed after the second battle of bull run uh and he would often combat battles combat. can be very depressing yeah i've heard that yeah <laughs> about knew? war <laughs> war, war can be really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he would often combat this by uh, delving into works of humor, likely a healthy coping mechanism for his depression. Yes. <laughs> humor. Yeah. So they were doing this back in the 1800s. Laughter too. is the best medicine. Oh, yes. <laughs> I am That's so why sorry. I'm trying so hard to laugh right now because I really need to. Oh, no. Give me this. No, you're good. Okay. Sorry, guys. My leg just had a fucking spasm. Okay. Here, you want me to scoot it closer so you can yeah. actually like, set it up? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, Is that better? Yeah. Okay. In November of 1842, after an 18-month break in their engagement, um, Mary Todd and Amber... We were on a break! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mary Todd and Abraham were married in the parlor of Mary Todd's sister's mansion. She was 23 years old, and he was 33. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a gap. Mm-hmm. Eventually, after their marriage, they settled in, into a quaint house on 8th and Jackson in Springfield, Illinois, which was conveniently located within walking distance of his law office. They had four sons, and only two survived into adulthood. That's interesting, though, considering that she's I'm, she's about to be the abuser there. Um, I don't know. There's just something. This is just my own speculation from things that I've observed and li- like observed and experienced myself. Is that when you're that age, women or me at least, and the the people that I have observed, I, I'm not pulling this from any sort of statistic or anything that's researched. This is purely my own observations. But a lot of times, women that age tend to really have a good idea of what they want in a partner and what they want that relationship to look like and they are going to get it with no matter what yeah and i mean i've i've been guilty of that a hundred percent um and it's taken a long time for me to understand that and recognize that in myself and i've been to therapy for it and you know i've worked on it i'm not that person anymore Mm -hmm. at all well it's one thing to be pushy it's another to chase your husband down the street with a knife well yeah yeah, i didn't do that but <laughs> but I mean, you know, to constant to put them down or say or or just be manipulative and abuse them so in a, in a way that um, shows them that they're not good enough in an attempt to get them to change and be the person you want them to be. Mm-hmm. It, that just seems to be a pattern. Either people who, who are that age or enter into the relationship they're in at that age. That's what I've observed yeah. sometimes, and then they don't grow. Yeah. Just the ones that don't grow. I mean, it just, it can happen. That, yeah. that, that 23 age, for some reason, Yeah, seems like, oh, I'll just sculpt him in a, into what I want him to be. Yeah. 
And before I go any further, if I'm laughing at any of this, it's because I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not because it's funny. <laughs> like it's it's not at all funny. It's just extremely nerve wracking to know that this happened to somebody who was. I mean, it's it, like the Darwin thing. Yeah. Like I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And the, he he was such an he's such a prominent historical figure. You would think that we would be taught the interesting parts of their life too, as yeah. opposed to just what they accomplished, which is another thing that then makes us all feel inferior all the time. Yeah. Just like looking at people's Facebook feeds and seeing their own life highlights. It's like, well, I can't I can't even finish a short story, and he, you know, he wrote a novel. All the, yeah, he 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 freed all the slaves and had seven kids, and you know, yeah. like it's just. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Mary Todd was extremely smart, well-versed in politics and the arts and humanities, and very abrasive. Um, She would protect Lincoln from criticism from her family, but make fun of him as well. So, like, if they would start criticizing him, she would put a stop to it, but then she would make fun of him with them. Oh, no. Yeah. So, it was almost like, I love you, but we're going to laugh about you anyway. Oh. Yeah. I read... Heard that she was bipolar. I've I've kind of read in a few places that it's, she did have a mental illness. Yeah, that that's that's kind of what I've heard the most. Yeah, is that I'm guess I mean it can't be confirmed now, and nobody knew what anything was back then. So yeah. I mean we'll never know. But I just I didn't know if that was a part of this or not. But yeah. Well, um, let's see here. She had a hard time. Not that everyone who is bipolar is an abuser. That is not true. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, not that everyone that, that has a mental illness is awful. Like, that's oh not at God, all. Oh, God, no. That's no. 100% what we're trying to not. Yeah. We're, we're trying to to, con, to not convey, <laughs> you yeah. know. That's like, part of why I didn't get too much into that. Because oh, I don't okay, want I anyone see. to. That's smart. Yeah, I didn't, I, gotcha. I didn't want anyone to feel like. You know, their mental illness wouldn't turn them into this. Right. You are 100% responsible for your own actions. Yes. No matter what kind of state you are in. If you're not getting help for that, if you're not seeing where there's a problem Mm -hmm. and not trying to work on that problem, you are 100% accountable. Yes. Um, So, yeah. So that's why I'm not, I'm trying not to focus on any mental I got you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, I just was curious. Sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. I didn't know if that was going to come into play or not. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, Okay. So Mary had a hard time adjusting to her new life because she was used Mm -hmm. to having slaves perform most of the chores all of her life. She came from a very affluent family here in Kentucky. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Lincoln has been this hard worker all of his life, and he came from a very poor family, and... Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's used to making his own living, and she's Mm -hmm. not. And working hard, getting his hands dirty. Yeah, and he, like, he doesn't... It's almost like he kind of... Not that he views her as spoiled, but it's like, you need to get your hands dirty a little bit, too. Yeah. Like, help me out. We should should be a little more equal. Yeah. Even... That's very modern of him. Yeah. Even... Especially for the 1800s shit. Yeah. And also because Mary was used to having money her entire life, she struggled with the adjustment to relative poverty. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, That'll definitely do it. And uh, before I go any further, I'll kind of list my sources a little no, bit. No, I just want to say something really fast. Uh-huh. Like, people who are different like this enter into successful marriages all the time. Yeah. Just to throw that out there. Um, but 
you have to be prepared Mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that you understand all of the aspects of the other person and really make sure you communicate about what you want your relationship to look like you cannot just expect love to be enough in a situation like this yeah like it's just it's just not because you're going to come no matter what we do we always project onto our partner what we saw as an example from our parents it just always happens like i just unconsciously expected that josh would go get the mail and mow the yard and you know the stuff that i saw my dad doing Mm -hmm. and when he didn't i got really upset and thought he was lazy yeah i don't anymore by the way we've we've discussed and we've grown and i've recognized that in myself now and that's of course not true because we've we've grown together but you you see what i'm saying like you absolutely that makes for for a challenge Mm -hmm. that that dynamic right there definitely makes for a challenge yeah those are drastically different people yeah and um i don't love the following article that i'm using um it's too much in favor of people staying in emotionally abusive relationships, but it had some good stuff about the abuse that was going on. Mm, um, okay. It's from a website. I don't like it, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's from a website called Desiring God. Um, Learning mm. from Lincoln's Flawed Marriage is the title of the article. Um, so Mary often flew into rages. She pushed Lincoln relentlessly to seek high public office. Um, she, yeah, she complained endlessly about poverty. She overran her budget shamelessly, both in Springfield and in the White House. Um, So she would like overdraft their account and then be like, well, why don't you go get a better job? You lazy piece of shit. Yeah. Where he's already working. Yeah. Odd jobs while he's holding a public office. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, what more do you want him to do? Yeah. And battling depression, which we all know is very yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. He was taking medicine for it, though. Wow. I was impressed. Um, so yeah, that's very modern. Yeah. Um, and I do want to focus on, like, she was complaining endlessly about her poverty. Like, she wasn't doing anything to help with that. She would just complain about it. Well, could she, though? I, I mean... <sighs> is the thing, could she have a job? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, like... I mean, maybe she could have gotten, like, a washing job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It would not have been anything... And that would have been very demeaning to mm-hmm. her. So that would have been something where she would have had to get off her high horse for a second and yeah. say, okay, I'm going to go take up a washing job or I'm going to go nanny or mm-hmm. be a governess or yeah. well, something she also that was acceptable for women to do. Yeah. But that would have... For someone who come, came from an, uh, such a high upbringing, that mm-hmm. probably seemed very, like lowbrow for her yeah and i mean i i don't want to dog on her too much i just from what i've read i just really don't like her well i mean Um, that's fair i'm just trying to be realistic yeah 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 but i mean she also could have sold their slaves because they had slaves oh yeah so um that's ironic yeah she abused servants (laughs) as if no okay they had servants sorry um okay (laughs) i read it i was gonna say he freed the slaves how did they have slaves (laughs) Um, okay. Okay. So she abused servants as if they were slaves and ragged on Lincoln when he uh, tried to pay them extra on the side. Um, but she was probably spending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that happen a lot where one person says, oh, I want to go do, I want to go on this trip with my friend or, oh, I want to go to a concert or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, the other says, oh, no, we don't have the money. And then they turn around and they go and spend, a, you know a buttload on something stuff for, for themselves them. yeah 
and yeah mm-hmm. it's no 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 i just don't want you to have any control is what that says is no 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 what you want isn't important yeah so paying these people that are helping us isn't important i want a new dress yeah i want pretty things for my house i want a buttload of new of makeup for myself yeah. or i want a new car i want you know what i mean mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you want it's what i want yeah um so she assaulted him on more than once uh or more than one Did occasion you say assaulted assaulted okay sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i couldn't hear you i thought you said insulted oh. so. <laughs> sorry assaulted uh him on one on more than one occasion with fire ho- wow i can't talk with what with firewood oh shit with potatoes and hot coffee I'm sorry, the hot coffee and the firewood is not funny. The potatoes <laughs> is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I know it's How not. How mad do you no, have no, to be? No, it's not It's not funny that he was being abused. I just want to yeah. clarify. But the image of, I've just got this screaming woman just like, wah, like, just pelting someone with potatoes. Like, that's something that happens in a sitcom. That's. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, where do you think they got it from? I'm sure that they hurt really bad, too. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Potatoes are not fun to be pelted with. Please don't hate us and leave us one-star reviews. You have to admit, it's almost like a snowball situation. I'm just like, I'm going to throw a potato at you. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, if you're mad and the only thing you have to throw is a potato and you want to throw the potato, go ahead and throw the potato. Don't throw it at a person. Not at your partner, though. No. (laughs) Throw it at the floor. Yes. It'll be just as funny. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She assaulted him with potatoes. (laughs) That's a bad, like, Black Friday issue. Yeah, it's what it sounds like. (laughs) I'm so sorry, you guys. We really needed to laugh. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) This is a heavy episode. I promise next week we'll be much lighter. Yeah. Um... It is said she once chased him with a knife through their backyard in Springfield. Just through the backyard. Again, yeah. I'm just picturing. Ah! Oh, wow. This isn't funny. I'm it's just so really uncomfortable. The, oh. <sighs> oh, my God. Um, okay. And here's where more verbal abuse and emotional abuse kind of comes into play. Uh, she treated his casual contacts with attractive females as a direct threat. While herself flirting constantly and dressing to kill, a regular visitor to the White House wrote of Miss Lincoln that she was in vain, or she was vain, passionately fond of dress and wore her dresses shorter at the top and longer at the train than even fashions demanded. She had great pride in her elegant neck and bust, and grieved the president greatly by her constant display of her person and her fine clothes. That speaks to her insecurity. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Of. I want everyone to want me. Mm-hmm. But and I'm, nobody to want you. But I'm terrified of losing you. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely speaks, yeah, that 100% speaks to her insecurity right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, this article... If um, you can't trust the person you're with, yeah. you, you can't, there is no love without trust. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, this article that I still hate, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say, or I will quote one more thing from it. Um, so basically like what was the gain from him staying in this marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ho- historical assessments was that, um, 
How was it that Lincoln, when president, could work so effectively with the rampant egos who filled his administration? Um, it was the long years of dealing with his tempestuous wife helped prepare Lincoln for handling the difficult people he encountered as president. Oh, wow. So just think about that for a minute. Think about all the people that a president has to encounter. So his encounter. marriage was like negotiating Congress? Yeah. And all the real intelligent and constructive things that happened there, she said in heavy sarcastic quotes. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. I, I can't see this ever being a happy marriage. If that's how bad it was. I mean, he would never have wanted to come home. That's so sad. Yeah. I mean, that's why he completely shut out. Like, yeah, I mean, if you just can't, you're just taking it from all angles. I mean, he's a fucking president, and he's taken it from all of the, ca- like, all the other politicians, the country, and his wife. Mm-hmm. That's... And I mean, also consider when he was president, he was president during the Civil War. Like, he was holding this country together by mm-hmm. strands. Like, strands thinner than our hair. Mm. And, I mean... Well, he wasn't holding it together. We were like, killing each other. Yeah. But well, he uh, was trying to get it he back was together. To, yeah. Yeah, and he did successfully. Yes. Um, well, yeah. After a lot of bloodshed. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that also. I, I'm not going to talk about that. Anymore. Yeah, we don't need to talk about the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, not what this, what this is. podcast is. This is not an American history podcast. <laughs> I promise that not every episode is going to be a, a historical figure. It's just these have been really I interesting. I love that, though. This has been um, really fun. Yeah. I love to learn something weird and interesting about a public figure. Yeah, and like I mean, that. it's it's important to see how successful these people are, even even though they've had these things happening yeah. to them. Like, even though Darwin suffered really heavily with anxiety he was able to completely change the way that we looked at science oh of course and it's it's one of those things that shows that it's the difference between using something as an excuse and overcoming it Mm -hmm. or you know coping with it and using it to 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 better yourself and others yeah yeah um so there has been like a lot the difference between the person that says no i don't do homework ever and i'm failing because i'm dyslexic and the person that push pushes through yeah and gets help or you know gets c's maybe but still does their best and tries yeah um so historians have a lot of disputes going on about mary todd because i mean it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only records we have are written records, and we don't know how many of those are authentic. And right, you know, and it may, some of them could be, oh, she was a hysterical woman, and some of did, did Lincoln have any personal? Did he keep a diary or anything? Was anything? Not anything that I've seen oh, okay. in my research. Um, That's just sorry. There's a lot of history podcasts that I listen to that are like, and of course he kept a diary because <laughs> everyone did. It was the eighteen. It was the social media of the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Facebook post and Twitter. Okay, um, I'm almost done, guys. Thank you for sticking with us. This has been a really hard episode. Yeah. Um, so historians who recognize her domestic violence against Abraham Lincoln um, have been shamelessly portrayed as beating up on Mary. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we really suffer, that men really suffer from, because, like, they can't get anyone to take them seriously. Yeah. Um. That's why this just makes me so angry, because no one's, like, listening. Yeah. You know? 
Um, well, anyone from any gender can be a victim. Yeah. Is the thing. Yeah. Or we all need to be, a, like, we just need to be more aware and more, like, open to hearing. And taking the things seriously when yeah. people are in need. Yeah. It doesn't make you weak because your wife makes you feel like shit. Yeah. Women and men are just as equally capable of inflicting hurt. Yeah. Um, and I know women were very, we, we are very both very strong feminists, just so everyone knows. Women were very repressed during this time, and a lot of times the only power women could wield was our words. And so sometimes that makes us more prone to verbal abuse, it seems like, um, though men definitely do it as well. I mean, I think it's pretty equal, to be yeah. honest with you, but um, it's something we all do from time to time. So just recognize it in ourselves and know that if we're going to truly be equal, then we have to learn how to communicate effectively without hurting one another. Yeah. That's the only way we can make progress. And maybe that did stem from it. Was her fe- I mean, that, that like my research said, like they, most of them are insecure and feel powerless. So, I mean, not to blame her actions on society, but, I mean, that could have been a factor. Yeah. Um, she still shouldn't have behaved this way. I will throw that out there. She should not have thrown potatoes and chased her <laughs> husband in the backyard with a knife. Yeah. That's not okay, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> um, Unless your husband is Jason Voorhees, <laughs> and he has risen again from the lake and is trying to murder you. Oh, God. Then you can throw potatoes at him and chase him with a knife. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, gosh. Uh, okay, so there was a, another historian. Um, her name is Catherine Quinton. She wrote an autobiography, or a biography, wow, of Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, it's called Miss Lincoln, A Life. <laughs> she wrote an autobiography yeah, about she Mary did. Todd Lincoln. <laughs> Guys, I'm so tired. It's okay, we're so tired. It's been such a long night. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like, if you want to read that, it's a really, like, it details her life and mm-hmm. probably her mental illness and why she was the way that she was. Interesting. Not saying that that's okay, but it explains it. Did they yeah. have anything Either that kind of showed how her words affected him? I mean, I just, if, I mean, that's probably harder to find, which is really sad. Because if yeah. we're going for equality, we need to show both sides. Yeah. Um, Okay. Not that that's your fault. I'm just talking, yeah. speaking to the it's internet just, in general yeah. and information that. It was just, it was really hard to find articles that weren't too sweet on her or too sweet on him because, I mean, it does yeah. take two. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, well, these articles were really rough. <laughs> I bet. And, um, I mean, that was also a time when divorce was not seen kindly. Yeah. Especially for the president. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just they—they they were kind of stuck with each other. It's so it's—it's it's not like he could—he could do much. Yeah. Um. And I mean, with clinical depression, he probably didn't feel like he could. Yeah. And I mean, just like that's already a, being clinically depressed, and then having your wife be as horrible to deal with as Congress. Yeah. As be, being it, making your home life as as complex as a political debate is not. Yeah, I would shut down too. Yeah, I would too. 
Like I'd leave. Yeah. You could totally leave in the 1800s, disappear, nobody would ever know. Maybe not him, because he was 7,000 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> very distinctive looking. Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, I saw Abe. He's right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Are you the president? <laughs> it's like, love, actually. Are you the prime minister? <laughs> yeah, I just... What's up? I don't know. I mean, there wasn't much on how, like, she affected him, but I'm sure that... I'm sure it wasn't great. Yeah. It sounds like she was very demeaning in things if she if she was um making fun of him in front of people and also and I mean, physically just abusing like him flaunting, and yeah flaunting herself in front of everybody that came through the white house that's you know abuse yeah just so everyone knows flirting with other people in front of your partner is abuse i mean making the other person jealous Deliberately, unless it's something you've consented to together. Like, oh, this is my kink. I'm not going to kink shame you. But yeah. like, <laughs> kink shaming is my kink. That's a thi- uh, that is a th- no, that is a thing for people. Like, that, yeah, no, that, that's a thing where you go to a bar and you try and pick up a dude and then you would still go home together. Yeah. Like, it turns some people on. That's not always the, most of the, that's not always the case. Most of the time, that is abuse. If you're yeah. doing it in an attempt to make your partner jealous to punish them in some way, that is emotional abuse. I'm, this seems super pu- super preachy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this okay. has been a really rough episode. Well, I think I am done with okay. my part. I'm done with the Lincolns. They, um, I just thought that that was a really interesting thing because, I mean, we never would have known. No. I never learned that in history class. Um, n- never learned it in college either, which no. I'm a little surprised. Um, I have some quotes if we want to end it on a little bit nicer. Some pretty ways. Okay. Uh, and then just some pretty things to say. Night? Yes. So um, I found some really pretty things, and I'm going to post these on our Instagram. Um, and, I mean, hopefully it'll go across all the platforms. But I just found some really pretty quotes. I am an English major, so I just love words. Um, so uh, be careful what you say. You can say something hurtful in 10 seconds, but 10 years later the wounds are still there. thought that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um controllers abusers and manipulative people don't question themselves they don't ask themselves if the problem is them they always say the problem is someone else so if you've heard these kinds of things if you've heard the types and you've heard these behaviors and you recognize those in yourself and you can recognize that it's a problem you are not an abuser not to say if you are like a person who has really worked on it and you don't do these things anymore or something like that (laughs) or you never have that that means that you're an abuser or something like that but i'm just saying just just be conscious just be conscious of that uh, really look to I, I hope that we can all kind of take a deep a deeper look at ourselves and you know try and break the cycle if and recognize these kinds of behavior just be more conscious in the future I guess is what I'm saying um, I also have a whole thing of, on the effects of verbal abuse and the psychological effects that verbal abuse can have um, if if you I'm not gonna list all that right now because I'm trying to bring us up but I, I am gonna post it on there um, so that you can see kind of the um, the effects that those things can have on you long-term, psychologically. I thought it was really interesting notes. Oh, wow, there's a picture of Lincoln in bed. Yeah, that's well, that's from his assassination. Oh, shit, okay, that's yeah. him dead. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I will have pictures of Abraham and, and Mary. and Just to end, 
with a really big one. Um, this is, I don't know if you have any calls to action, but this is mine. Um, you don't ever have to feel guilty about removing toxic people from your life. It Absolutely. doesn't, it doesn't matter whether someone is a relative, romantic interest, employer, childhood friend, or a new acquaintance. You don't have to make room for people who cause you pain or make you feel small. If one thing, it's one thing if a person gr- owns up to their behavior and makes an effort to change, but if a person disregards your feelings, ignores your boundaries, and continues to treat you in a harmful way, they need to go. And that's by someone named Daniel Kep- Kepke? Kepke? Kepi? I don't know. I'm going to post that. I just found that really, really important. Yeah, that's one thing that I've really been trying to do in the past couple of years while I've been really working on myself Mm -hmm. um it's okay to not have the um dynamic with your family that everyone expects you to have yeah um it's that's something that's taken me a long time to be okay with um blood is not thicker than water yeah um the like if you are choosing to be with somebody i find that more powerful Choosing to be with someone because they love because you love them and they love you and they make you feel valued mm-hmm. is more important than being around people because you feel obligated. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that are loving. Yeah. Who bring you up and build you up and and help you to be a better person, a better person, a better version of yourself. All right, you want to end with a ladies' night? Let's bring yes. this. Let's bring this bummer session to a close. <laughs> yes. The wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You want to roll this week? Yeah, I can roll. Um. Okay. So we are going with number eight. Eight. All right. Draw one out of the middle. Number eight. Ooh, this is a good one. Oh boy. What would you do first if you won the lottery? Oh Jesus. Let's not be practical here because yeah, no. it honestly, mine is super boring. Yeah, I would so pay off my debts. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I would get out of debt and, like, yeah. buy a car. Um, <laughs> and maybe a house. A um, practical house. So let's go, let's go big or go home. Like, if you were five mm-hmm. and you learned about the lottery, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if your mommy and daddy gave you $7 yeah. to start a lemonade stand. <laughs> <laughs> like, what would you do, like, in, in your own inner child's dreams? Oh, God. Um... I would travel. I would move to Scotland. Hopefully with the consent of my partner and hopefully he would join me, but I would travel. <laughs> At least spend a year overseas. I, I would love to do that. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Um, I would move to where I have always wanted to be, which is Seattle. And I would have a huge house on the ocean. Like, like right looking at the ocean. And your kitty is yeah, the cat just knocked the dice under the table. It's under the coffee table. Okay. She's playing with it. I'm <laughs> going to get it. Hang on. <laughs> that was really cute. Yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would buy this huge house out there and, like, live out on the beach near the forest. It's not and warm and mountains. it's covered in rain. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm sad and prone to depression. I'm going to move where it's super rainy and listen to sad music. <laughs> I don't listen to sad music. <laughs> K photosynthesizes real bad with Lincoln. 
Um, yeah, so I would move to Scotland for, le- for at least a year. Um, and then if I decided to return, I would open some sort of shelter for puppies Aww. and just adopt puppies yeah and give them a home because where we live there's just like straight there's so many stray dogs everywhere because there's like no there's we don't have a no-kill shelter where we are at all it's really awful and so people just kind of let their dogs go and so i would i would open a place like that and just cuddle all the puppies and either find them nice homes if possible or just you know shelter them yeah and give them give them someplace warm where they're not going to get hit by cars and i know what else be fed and yeah that's that's kind of always what I've said if, like, I had all the money in the world. I know what else I would do. All right, what? I would meet Loey. Oh, you would meet one of, you would yeah. meet your YouTube hero. <laughs> yes. I love Loey Lane so much, and <laughs> I just. Shout out. Yeah. She is wonderful. If you haven't seen any of her videos, you should. Um, She her, is. All of her body positivity stuff is really good. Yeah, really she's like really it. into the paranormal and like body positivity. And she's a beauty guru. She has makeup coming out this year, which I will probably actually like buy. You don't need to plug all of her stuff. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just really excited. <laughs> I <Stop>. know. <laughs> we need to plug a whole other person's stuff. Okay, yeah. so um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um. We know that this one has been a bummer. We promise the next one is going to be a little bit more true crimey and a little bit more of something we can all kind of separate from. Yeah. Um, not to, I don't want to tease too much, yeah. but it's going to be really awesome. Oh, so. it's going to be so fun. Um, I also want to apologize if there's any kind of weird echoing effect. We are getting new mics, just to let you guys know. We've been trying to do this with PS PlayStation mics that, g- that, w- that, that we got yeah, um, and, for uh, like Amazon five bucks. Yeah, Amazon <laughs> yeah, well, we don't need to go into that, but um, I just wanted to apologize real fast. We are fixing this technical difficulty, and just I want to appreciate everyone's patience. Hopefully, no one, um, no, uh, hopefully, no one's too discouraged by it. I've been really insecure about it. I've been doing everything I can, but I'm not a sound engineer, so um, I'm doing my very best, and I appreciate anyone who decides to listen and give us another chance <laughs> once we get better tech. Yeah. So um, anyway, so until next time. Just remember, you are not a monster. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Check out our Tumblr blog, at Talk Crooked, for sources and photos. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Talk Crooked. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We are currently a self-funded podcast, so if you would like to donate and receive a shout-out on air, please visit us at patreon.com slash talkcrooked. Eventually, we will start doing listener episodes. If you have your personal stories related to our previous episodes, email us at talkcrooked at gmail.com. For business inquiries or sponsorships, email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. Okay, bye.